0: I can, you know, through Aboriginal Way, just reach out to some of our mobs. Working with the wider non-Aboriginal community and working with our own community together allows us to start eating. In
1: the past, you know, people know who they are and that type of thing, but there hasn't been something there to bring everything together, to bring people together, and Native Title has done that.
0: Welcome to Aboriginal Way, produced by South Australian Native Title Services. I'm your host, Isaac Selby. And before we begin, I would like to acknowledge that we're broadcasting today from Radio Adelaide on Ghana land. So I'd like to pay my respects to Ghana Elders past, present and emerging. Each episode we share First Nations stories and native title news from across South Australia. Let's get started. You're listening to Aboriginal Way. Today on the program we're going to be speaking with Thomas Mayo. He is the Assistant National Secretary of the Maritime Union Association of Australia a leading advocate of the voice and a signatory of the Uluru Statement from the Heart since its inception. He is the chairperson of the Northern Territory Indigenous Labour Network and a director on the Australians for Indigenous Constitutional Recognition Board. He has written several books, including his most recent, The Voice to Parliament Handbook, all the details you need alongside Kerry O'Brien. It's our great pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for giving us some of your time today.
1: Ah, uh, thank you for the invitation.
0: No problem. I was wanting to start with a little bit about your personal history and how you first got involved with this this quite long long journey that you've been on now, being part of the voice to Parliament.
1: Yeah, well, I was a. Uh, oh, I'm an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander man, uh, born in Darwin on Larrakia Country, and uh, you know, uh, was connected to my culture. You know, traditional hunting. Island dancing around the community when uh, I was growing up. Uh, my first job was as a wharfie um, on the docks in Darwin and driving cranes and forklifts and loading ships. But I um, I became a delegate of the union, and so I learned about organising and um, you know on the, in, in the union and on the wharves. So I also learned that we used our strength of unity not just for our own uh, wages and conditions to Um, to be able to negotiate better outcomes for ourselves. But uh, there's a long history of the union movement supporting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander rights. And so, uh, yeah, got uh, involved in that, became a a union official in 2010, elected by the members, uh, seafarers, wharfies, divers and port workers, so began to negotiate on behalf of workers across those maritime industries uh, but then began to also do more work in supporting uh, my own community uh, in Indigenous rights, uh, especially when there was an injustice and, um, and so organising protests and rallies and petitions and things like that uh, and um, that led to me becoming involved in the process that led to the making of the Uluru Statement. So I'm a signatory to the Uluru Statement and I strongly believe in what it calls for and that is the, the voice to Parliament enshrined in the Constitution.
0: Speaking with you today, which is um, Sunday the 1st of October, we have had you just go out and visit over a thousand homes around around Adelaide as, as well as attending the, um, the High Marsh Day of Action as well. And I was wondering if you could give us a bit of a picture of some of the you know, some of the responses that you had from people today and having, yeah, spent all of this time in Adelaide and and meeting
1: so many different people? Well, when the Uluru Statement came out, it was almost immediately dismissed by the government. And, you know, we didn't take no for an answer, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So um, I was seconded to, you know, help build a people's movement for this six years ago, um, you know, from the union to full time for the campaign. And what I experienced today in Adelaide, in door knocking, and uh, you know, in the park with around 150 supporters, is the same as I've experienced over the last six years. That when you take the time uh, to explain it to people that are willing to listen, um, that the voice is simply recognition of Indigenous people in our Constitution uh, through a voice which is a representative body to be able to give advice to the Parliament to try to get uh, better outcomes in health and housing and employment and education, then most people tend to support it. And so there are some that have already made up their mind against it and, you know, you're never going to convince them. But uh, today, in the door knocking, um, had um, some conversations with people that were undecided and there's 30 to 40% of Australians are undecided, uh, according to research. Well, those are the ones that we can try and um, help them to understand, and, and as I said, they tend to vote yes when they, they take the time to understand it and listen.
0: I feel like it's um, quite a quite an important time because it has been, I'm sure you more than anyone would be aware of this, having been involved with the process for um, near six years, I feel like a lot of people might be getting a bit of fatigue just from you know a bit of an information overload, even the people that are completely in support. It's been such a long process, for people, so I feel like it must be it must be keen to make sure that everyone's still engaged up until the date on October 14.
1: Yeah, I think the most important thing to remember is that we're voting on a principle here because our constitution is a small document. It's only the size of a passport. It, it has, like, the, the high-level principles for this nation, you know, what powers the parliament has and uh, what institutions should be established. It's um, like dot points. And all we're voting on in this referendum is this, and it's, it is this simple. And I encourage people to keep this in mind and help people to other under help other people to understand that all we're saying yes or no to is should we recognise Indigenous people in our constitution, and should we listen to them? Yes or no to that recognition and listening. Uh, you know, so it's a. I, I know some people might be getting tired of hearing the information. At the same time, I know there's people that are saying they don't have enough information and they're unsure and they might believe the the lies that they're being told about there not being enough detail. Well, the fact is this. We're voting on recognition and listening. And I can't imagine why anyone would say no to that. I enjoyed, I'd
0: read your book um, a couple of months ago and, and found it a, a really a really good concise detailing of of the history that I think is important to always consider um, in our minds, always here living in Australia, but particularly when making a decision such as this, how important do you think that role is of kind of having the full understanding of the history of Australia for people that do consider how important this voice could be
1: for, you know, momentum moving forward? Oh, it's so important to understand the history of Indigenous struggle. And if, Anybody comes to understand that, then they'll know that this isn't uh, Albanese's idea. It's not a Labor Party idea. This is something that is um, informed by that long history of struggle, that Indigenous people have made many statements and petitions that have all called for a voice or political representation. They've all called to be heard. Um, And we've established voices many times throughout history. Um, but every time we have a voice, it is taken away. Um, each time we set up a representative body, such as the AAPA in the Twains, the Aboriginal Advancement League, the Australian Aborigines League, the NAC, the NACC, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission, they've all been established, and we're established by one government. The next government comes along and takes it away. Over and over again, this happens. And the momentum that we start to get when we have a voice, because we always make greater progress when we have one, is always taken away, it's wasted. And so the reason why we called for a voice in the constitution is just to set up that principle, that guarantee uh, and expectation from the Australian people when they vote yes, that our politicians listen to Indigenous people when they make decisions about us. And then it's a no-brainer. You know, if you understand that history, And if you understand that all we're calling for is to be listened to, then it's a no-brainer then to understand that you're going to get better outcomes. Because when you listen to people that you're making decisions for, then you're going to make better decisions. And that's all it is.
0: It does seem an an unfortunate irony that that it has become such a a weighted political debate around it from an idea that's had quite a lot of bipartisan support across the years as well.
1: Well, tell people this, uh, that, you know, This has not been made divisive by Indigenous people. It hasn't been made divisive by the Prime Minister. It has been made divisive by the opposition party that has chosen to make this something that is for their political gain. And there was leaked text messages from coalition politicians saying that this was their opportunity if they were to get an overwhelming no vote. Their opportunity to get to the starting line for the next election. Now I think that's disgraceful. Uh, I think it's um, shameful, especially where there's been bipartisan support this for so long, and now that we're at this point where Australians are going to make a decision, they've decided to make it a political, you know, gamesmanship. This um, opportunity to take some bark off, you know, one side of politics. Um, so go back to this that this is not divisive, it's simply saying yes or no to recognition and listening to Indigenous people.
0: For people curious as to the relationship that the voice model might have with pre-existing native title groups, PBCs, that type of thing, would you be able to speak to any inclinations or ideas you might have as to the consultation period between existing leaders and native title groups and the elected proponents of the voice if it goes
1: ahead? Yeah, firstly the voice will be set up to work with existing organisations such as native title groups, you know, PBCs, uh, you know, our organisations that work on improving our health and education and employment. So the voice will not be a service delivery organisation. It'll be working with those organisations to get the policy and legislation settings that they need to be able to do, to get better outcomes in the areas that they work in. so the voice is going to be about um, improving outcomes that's it, um, it those uh, organizations uh, that work on health and you know our native title organizations and others will be strengthened by the establishment of this voice the process will be when the referendum passes uh, the government has committed to going to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across the country and listening to us and working with us to develop a model, and then the model will go through to the parliament and be legislated. Um, we are hoping, as Indigenous leaders that have been working on this for a long time, we're hoping that this can be done as soon as possible after the referendum, so that the voice can begin to influence the, the political parties and their promises in the next election, and so that the rubber can hit the road in improving... Um, you know how things are, uh, are going on in our communities. Um, again, health, health and housing, education and infrastructure in our communities, such as clean water and access to services that are taken for granted anywhere else.
0: We've had you here today for the High March Day of Action, and I was wondering if there were other uh, spots in South Australia that you were planning to, to visit while you were here in the state.
1: I'm not sure if I'll be back. Um, uh, we're heading. This is the last two weeks of the campaign. I could be back in the last week, uh, but I have, um, I've been to Port Augusta not that long ago. Um, I know there's some great activity going there, some, some great uh, leadership from the Aboriginal community to help people to decide to vote yes. Um, you know, I, I really hope that we win South Australia. It's such a crucial place to win, and I say to any mob that are listening, um, you know, the non-Indigenous community will be looking to you Uh, And um, I hope that you can go out there and help them to understand that they're voting yes with you, and it's a really good thing to do for this country.
0: Thank you, Thomas. I know you must get—it's probably quite exhausting having to, you know, to field all these questions. But I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's quite admirable that you've you've put in all this time to make sure that everyone has the right information before heading into this big decision for our country.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I just I do this you know, not for personal interest. I do it because I know that this is the most important step that we can take uh, to see, you know, a better life for our children, uh, to see a more, you know, stronger and more reconciled country. Uh, It's important for, you know, unifying us and for recognising our proud Indigenous culture. That's what drives me and I'm working every day until this is done and I hope that... I hope people take some some of my uh you know energy uh inspiration from from myself and the information that i've shared and get out there and help us to win this
0: absolutely that's well said and yeah i think you you have a good calmness about you it's something that i see when um you know you've obviously found yourself in the middle of quite a storm of, of different conflicts but i i think the response that i quite often see being measured is something that I think, if if anything, just kind of helps the the dialogue and the conversation be a little bit more civil.
1: Yeah, it's important to remain civil and respectful of each other's opinions and the pace that we, uh, you know, learn things. Um, but it's urgent as well. So have those conversations, keep calm, uh, and bring it back to this that if we're just saying yes or no to recognition and listening. Uh, and I think uh, it's important to say yes to such a, a fair thing that's being proposed.
0: We've been speaking with Thomas Mayo, um, author of several books, including The Voice to Parliament, all the details you need. If you want to find out more, you can check out the book and sure you'll be hearing all
1: about it in the coming weeks. Thomas, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your time. Thanks, mate.